0: FM to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Kevin takes a punch, Dante gets a kiss, and Sonny gets pissed. We're going to break it all down next.
1: You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV Talk. Now,
0: let the buzz.
1: Begin.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the GH Report, breaking down all the latest shenanigans happening in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. And as always folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Carla's got her iPad here, which means the chat is up and running.
1: It is up and running, and we have in the chat room right now, we got Nakisha Jones, we got Annie going, we got Kelly Public Cover, Joe Costanza, and who else is up and true here? If I missed you, oh and Miss Loretta, hey y'all, hey. Look
0: at that, yeah. Yes. So, Carla, before we break in, uh, break down the week in particular, mm-hmm. what did you think of this week in general?
1: This week in general, I love how there was that backlash coming at Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> there was that backlash. Folk were coming for Kevin, both barrels blazing. I was finally glad to see Griffin go, because bless his heart, he just looked so pitiful, I couldn't take it.
0: it man, it was... It's, it, he definitely goes out with such a whimper.
1: He did go out with a whimper. I mean, he looked like he had lost his leg la- When he was at General Hospital and he said goodbye to Carly and Sonny, she was like, "Is that-? and Carly was all, is that goodbye? Yes, Diva, he just said goodbye. Like, what part of goodbye did you not get? But anyway. Um, yeah, he did kind of go out with a whimper. That was kind of disappointing, you know, after the run that he'd had on the show to see him go out like that. But, you know. It is what it is. But what was really the most exciting part of the week was watching those daytime Emmy nominations come out. Oh, that's true, yeah. And our girl, Mary Pat, Patricia right. Bethune, got an Oscar. <laughs> I wish she, I wish it was an Oscar. Girl, look, I'm giving you an Oscar, not an Emmy. <laughs> but she got an Emmy nomination. Our girl, Mara West, got one. Um, Dominic got one, who plays Dante. Who else? Uh, the little boy who plays Oscar, he got one. Um, Sonny got one, of course. Um, and I think the little girl that plays um, Joss, I believe she got one as well.
0: It's, uh, and you know what they all have in common is that. Uh they've either been on the show or we've talked about having them on
1: the show. Right, we've all talked... So all of those people, we've talked about having them on the show. We've talked about how fabulous they are and what good work they do, and nobody's coming. But, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get a chance to be on that... Um, that uh, daytime daytime Emmy carpet or something and be able to talk with them there and make some, some connections or whatever there. But I was really happy for Patricia Bethune and Mara West, because those are my... As as, as I've said on the show... Bazillion times those two were my favorite characters, so to see their work be rewarded in that way was really, really great.
0: And uh, I'll just say, I got rewarded by just uh, Maurice Bernard liking <laughs> one of my tweets. Uh, so, oh, he that. did, yeah, what did he say? He, he just liked it, he didn't say anything. Oh. So, I mean, I'll take a like, he says, you know, that's you know, that's step one,
1: right? We're getting a step closer. We got, we got, <laughs> he liked the tweet, he liked tweet. We, <laughs> we got to take whatever we can get. There you go, but. Um, Maurice Bernard, if you're listening, please, please come to the GH Report. We love you. I promise I won't. I promise. I know sometimes on social media it looks like I'm stalking you. I'm kind of not stalking you. I'm just a huge fan of your work as a fellow actor. I love the work that you do on General Hospital for decades. You celebrated, you know, a anniversary of your own on GH in addition to the show celebrating anniversary. And we just want to celebrate you here on Sunday at 6 o'clock. That's right. And I mean, after Buzz TV in North Hollywood, just saying. I'm feeling that. <laughs> oh, Max Gale and Laura Wright got nominations, too. Thank you, Annie.
0: But I but I feel like a, a like of my tweet is pretty much like him saying, yeah, I'm ready to be invited.
1: Yeah. Pre- oh, oh, and you know who else? I, I'm sorry. Just having like Tourette's thinking, whatever going on. Verne Watson got an, uh, a nomination, too, on That's Stella. That. And she won last year. So hopefully she'll be able to bust it out again. That's right but yep. she I think she got to compete with Mary Pat in that category. So now I'm torn. I'm like, oh. oh,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh we'll get into to more of the storylines in detail, but since we just mentioned him briefly, Griffin as a character, uh he came on with his promise duke's son. Uh he had a nice strong connection to uh, to Anna. He had that connection with Sonny. He was able to offer yeah. him a, yeah, and and They
1: brought the, him on really strong. So yeah. you're right. Compared to the way they brought him, introduced him into the GH family, it was really disconcerting how they dismissed him.
0: Yeah, and it's—I mean, I had some frustrations with the character, and that was that he was both a doctor and a priest, and that got sometimes a little frustrating for me at some time point.
1: I never had a problem with that. What I started to have when I started to have a problem with him is when he got—I knew when he got involved with Kiki that was going to get messy, because he'd been involved with her mom. Now he involved with her then she died and he seemed he seemed to be so incredibly distraught over her dying than he even was breaking up with Ava and I'm like well what does that say to Ava you know Ava must feel like crap right about now that you feel more distraught over losing her like you didn't just break up with her somebody killed her you know so there's that the other part of my the other part of the week that was very entertaining to me, (laughs) was it seemed like Ava had more conversations and more bottle time about the fact that she slept with the person who killed her daughter so that he could have an alibi. Like, that is really tearing her up. And I love that she had that moment with Laura where Laura was like, you can't keep doing this to yourself. Like, what are you doing?
0: It is interesting with her because, I mean, certainly she's been in a very traumatic situation Very similar to Alexis, where Alexis also just sank into the bottle as well to kind of deal with everything that happened with Julian. We see Ava doing that same thing, and yet there's, you know... I mean, everybody's individual, so not everybody is going to be an alcoholic nor, you know, respond to it in the same way. But it seems... But I still... I, I feel like it was something that was forced onto Alexis. It's something that if you were to tell me now that Ava would become an alcoholic... I would buy this more because we've seen such a long record of her right they've drinking been setting heavily. it up they've yes. been setting
1: it up every time she has a drink she's having a martini like how many times have we seen her at the floating rib or at the Metro Court or what or even at Charlie's? What is she having? A martini with olives in it everywhere she goes. Her drink is consistent. So to see her on the docks with just a bottle of beer or a bottle of energy drink or, or whatever that was, she was drinking on the docks. It's just like oh, she's stooped to a whole new low. She drinking out of a can. Yeah, she's not even drinking a martini now. Now she's drinking out of can. I'm like ooh, okay.
0: Yeah, and she was somebody that even at her her place. She had her little little bar area set up there, and she would always look to alcohol as a way to help diminish the pain of whatever situation she was in.
1: Absolutely. That's why I was so prolific when Laura said to her, you can't drink that pain away. You can you can drink all you want, but you're not going to be able to drink that away. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Laura didn't say that to her. Felicia said that mm-hmm. to her. Uh, Felicia, when her and Felicia, and that was another nice moment between um, Felicia and Ava because they're the only two people that have survived um Ryan's Wrath. And then there was that cryptic... Well, and, Lulu. And, and Lulu. Then there was that cryptic phone call. Do you think that was Ryan? Of course. It's gotta be. That's so disconcerting. It was just a call, guys. That was all it was. All <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: yeah, I, I just... I would have loved to see if you're gonna do an alcoholic storyline, which is totally fine. Just Ava was set up for so long yeah. that it would have just seemed so natural to have yeah. her deal with that.
1: I mean, I I think that... that them setting it up like that was the natural through line for her, so I'm glad that they did it that way. I'm also um, I'm glad I I just, I love the way they write for her. Like, the writers must just be like ooh, we get to write for Ava today, they just must be so excited because no matter what they give Mara West, she just knocks it out the park. Like, I don't care what it is they give her, she just really just, she brings it home. And she, man, she just wears her emotions on her face so well. She can shift. She's the best. I ran into her. I was at a um, a gifting suite or something right about the time she first came to GH, and I was so enamored with her then. I ran into her. I was like, oh, my God, girl, I love you on General <laughs> Hospital. You are everything. She was the sweetest nicest person. She's so sweet and so kind. So it must be a big joy for her to tap into that evil nasty side because she's more or less the person isn't anything close to that. From what I saw. I mean granted I only met her one time but you know.
0: And you didn't ask her then. It's like, hey, in six years, you want to come on to a, uh, an after show talking about <laughs> you want to come Hospital? on an after show where I'm gonna, where I might be
1: in six years at after, after Buzz TV. Come on! Come
0: I can't on. believe you didn't do that. Carl.
1: <laughs> I wasn't here yet, so you know, what was I going to do? I don't know what to tell you.
0: Hey, so the week started off with Ava having uh, she'd come over to try to get Avery from Carly, and Avery was at the quarter main, so that wasn't happening. But it led to a. Uh, uh, kind of a discussion and you know, conversation between Carly and Ava, mm-hmm. and I like that because I mean, usually when they talk, it is you know they're just you know two yelling people. at each yes. other and
1: it's going in. But it was nice to see. This is the thing that I'm loving. I'm loving that everybody on the show that has had some confrontation with Ava previously, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it be Laura, whether it be Carly, whoever it is, they all seem to have some empathy for her because in their wildest dreams, in in Anything that they could even think about wishing bad happening to her, I don't think they would ever wish that on their worst enemy, which she kind of is. So you know what I mean. So the fact that both of them are kind of like, "Oh, girl, you can't keep doing this to yourself." And then there was that moment where she was leaving with leaving um, Carly's house, and (laughs) she says, "You're gonna hold this over me, aren't you, Carly?" And Carly's like, "You know, I can always use some leverage." (laughs) But it was, I mean, but but it it wasn't nasty the way she said it. It was kind of like. It was kinda of like she meant it but she didn't, you know what I mean? It was the, she's had some really she had some really nice moments with everyone. She had that moment with Laura, she had that moment with Carly. I don't think she had did she have a moment with Griffin? I don't think she had a moment with Griffin. No.
0: I mean, she stopped a little, you know, butt whipping with Griffin <laughs> and Kevin.
1: But. but yeah, I you know and Speaking of Kevin Child, if he, how long is he gonna roll around, poor Charles, with that hospital tag on his wrist? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> just like
0: <laughs> he's just carrying around now as proof. Like, it's, see, it's like, see? why
1: is he like flashing the hospital ba- hospital tag as as his ID that he is Kevin Collins? <laughs> like that in itself is just pure comedy. I'm like, what are you doing? I cannot.
0: The conversation though with Felicia and Ava, while it was great. But it also just reminded me, it's like, boy, you know, Felicia was just so marginalized through this. And I guess to an extent she needed to be because you really needed to get Ava to be the focus of Ryan's attention. Mm-hmm. But, man, it just it was a shame to see Felicia gone for such huge parts of it. Cause it's like yeah, yeah. She was kind
1: of pop. She kind of popped in and out at the most integral times, you know, like at the end of when somebody would be murdered, we see Felicia. Yep. (laughs) All right, you know what I mean? It's like, what is happening right now? But I kind of love the fact that they brought her back at this time because she was able to have that. While she was having that conversation with Ava, um, Mac was having that conversation with Kevin, and the three of them were tight. They were like the three musketeers. So to know, to find out. That Kevin, you know, shielded his, and Mac went in on him. He was like, let me tell you what you didn't see. You know, she's out in public and she's acting like she's over it and she's brave, but this is what you don't see. I love the fact that they gave him that dialogue to kind of bring that full circle for Felicia to the people watching the show, the people not like us who may have tuned into General Hospital for the first time or are tuning in at the end of this storyline or are new GHers. I love the fact that they gave him that dialogue to give some type of a semblance to why Felicia is there. Because if you had just done in, you'd be like, why is he telling him all that about Felicia? Why do we, you know what I mean? Why do we care? But it was cool. Do you have any sympathy
0: for Kevin? Can you see it from his point of view at all? Uh, even though it was wrong, but can you see
1: it? I can. Because at the end of the day... When you have a family member—and I was talking about this on my, my film show, my film review show, The Curvy Critic, because I was reviewing— What was that air? Oh, five o'clock on Black Hollywood Live. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I was talking about it. I was talking about a film called Diane. And in this film, Diane, this woman puts everybody in her life first except for herself. And Kevin Collins' character has not been that person on GH, but kind of, sort of, because he's a therapist. So he kind of has to put his feelings and his drama and whatever he's going through on the back burner to um, facilitate and be there for his patients, right? So this was the one time that he he felt like he didn't have to put his life on the back burner, that he's going to do what he needs to do for his brother. Because at the end of the day... Yes, Ryan is a serial killer. Yes, he got some issues. Yes, he's pure, unadulterated evil, but he's still Kevin's brother. And sometimes when you're related to somebody, no matter how much they mess up, no matter how much you want to, like, punch them in their throat or, you know, tell them that they shouldn't be doing that, or even wanting to distance yourself from them altogether, you just can't do it.
0: No, that's true. I mean, I guess you see that in real real life. I mean, people that have been convicted, murderers,
1: mm-hmm. their
0: family will still... You know, you family know.
1: will still, all the way up until the gas chamber time, they'll mm-hmm. be like, he's innocent, he couldn't do that, that's my baby. It's the same situation with Kevin's character on GH. That's his family. That's the only family he's got. So if they take him away, now what? And he and I think in his heart of hearts, he really thought that he could help Ryan. I think he thought as a psychiatrist, if he could just get him on the right amount of meds or get him the right amount of treatment, that he could, you know, not necessarily cure him, but at least get him on the road to recovery of not being that Ryan anymore. Yeah. And he was wrong. And, and, and as a result of him being wrong, three more people lost their lives in almost a fourth. Can it's almost you, a fourth and a fifth
0: that's true. Can you see why he wouldn't have told Laura
1: because he knew because he knows Laura, he knows she would have reacted exactly the way she reacted. That's why he didn't tell her because Laura is like Ava said, Laura is just good. There's no way he would have divulged that information to Laura, and Laura would have kept that to herself and not told anybody she wouldn't no, and she's mayor. So that would have put her and her family in jeopardy and, you know, people would have been looking at her with one eye open. So she's like, "Mm mm-mm. He knew she would have told. He knew, no matter how much she loved him, that she was always going to choose what was right over the other.
0: So we see him, good old Maggie, she's our DA, is ready to (laughs) sink her teeth into Kevin, (laughs) saying that, you know, he aided and abetted Ryan by not saying that he was still alive, treating him in a fur and cliff, and then he escaped and he killed three people. Is Ryan... It, it, do you see it with, uh, as Maggie does that Kevin is uh, responsible in part for these murders?
1: You know that's a good question because it it puts into play like when some when somebody is a juvenile and they commit a crime, sometimes they say sometimes the law, depending on the state, says that the parents are responsible, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same situation. Like, is he responsible or is he not? Kind of not because with the juvenile situation. The juveniles are usually underage, and so their parents are responsible for them. So that's different. But when you're dealing with a grown man, then that's a very different situation. So I can see how they could probably twist the law to work to their advantage and make him responsible for those deaths. And he doesn't have any friends right now. Even his own wife has turned her back on him. So I don't know what he's going to do. And he looks so pitiful wandering through General Hospital with his hospital tag on. (laughs) (laughs) He looks so sad and pitiful. I'm like, oh, Kevin, I'm sorry. And
0: then he's just walking down by the docks and he just gets that one sucker punch from Griffin.
1: I know. Bah. But I love the way they shot that because the way they showed it was he's just walking and you just see this fist come out to his face. I'm like, yes. oh, dang, who hit him?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I think everybody must have thought, like I did, that it was Ryan.
1: I thought it was Ryan, too. And then I was like, oh, man, Really? Yep, but that would have been too soon to bring him back. I think.
0: No, you got to build it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, you, so know, you know how they do.
0: They got to get Ava's got to get her vengeance. <laughs> uh, speaking of Laura, though, the uh, there's a, a get ready, towards the end of the week, mm. she's uh, getting ready to call Alexis to discuss, like, I'm gonna discuss the uh, my marriage with Kevin. But she's wearing this black and white suit, and that white collar on that black suit. Maybe that was like I'm, hang gliders. Like, I, don't know. I was just waiting like, for like a strong like, wind to just lift gra- her off. I'm glad you brought that
1: up because I'm like, what is with Laura's wardrobe? All of a sudden, every time you see her, she's in black and white. Like, is, is this the Mary uniform? Like, is this like her new Mary? Because think about it. For the last three weeks... All we've seen her, well, she was captive for most of that. But but even before she was captive, all we ever see her in is black and white. I'm like, can we see some red, some orange, maybe a little green action? (laughs) Does it have to be a black blazer with a white shirt? Like, what is happening? And P.S. and FYI, you're not even supposed to be wearing black and white on TV because it throws the chroma cone balance off. So I'm like, (laughs) okay, I I don't understand. (laughs) I really just don't get it.
0: It's, uh, so yeah, the other thing that seemed weird to me is that, uh, so they bring, uh, he gets, Kevin gets arrested. He's like, oh, you're Ryan Chamberlain. You can prove your identity down at the uh, the precinct. Mm-hmm. So he gets down there. He's questioned. <laughs> Laura's in the room. Maggie and uh, Jordan question him. And he says, yeah, yeah, I, I did this. And so Jordan says, all right, you're under arrest. And then immediately handcuffs him again. Like, you're already there in the station.
1: Why are you handcuffing him again? He's right. not going anywhere. Right. Yeah, I thought that was odd. I was like, what's <laughs> like, this is happening? Just, I don't understand. I just do not understand. Okay, just to cover some things. So, um, Kelly, you know Kelly be calling us out. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so Kelly's like, the GM daytime noms, Garen Still, who plays Oscar, Haley Aaron, there you who go. plays Kiki, Laura Wright, who plays Carly, William Lipton, who plays Cameron, Max Gale, who plays Mike, Mara West plays Ava, Eden McCoy, who plays Joss, and Dominic—I can't pronounce his last name—Zapragna plays Dante. Plays Dante, and then you know our boy Maurice Bernard got nominated too. Let's not forget Maurice Bernard. And yeah, I talk about him all the time. I don't care whether he comes here or not. I still love him. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And I know that is way the opposite of what Lucretia and everybody else has been here at the GH Report thing. But I love some, love me some Maurice Bernard. I remember Maurice Bernard when he was over on All My Children and One Life to Live. So there's that. But anywho, um, let's see what else they're talking about in the chat room. Um, <laughs> Jazz eleven, Jazz 41173 said, Kevin is getting figurati- figuratively and literally beat up. I think Laura will eventually forgive him. Yeah, of course she's going to forgive him. And then Raya True Love Forever said, I am so sick of them act- acting like Kiki and Griffin had this great love story when they weren't even together that long. <laughs> That's true,
0: but yeah, see, I wonder with that because certainly he's involved with Claudette. <laughs> that was the, all the big thing that uh, led him down to come back to, uh, to Port Charles, and then after that, he's with Ava, and then then after that, it was with Kiki. So he's only been with three women, and out of all of them, Kiki was certainly compared to the uh, Ava and Claudette, mm. probably the the nicest, the kindest you know the she less manipulative. Seemed,
1: yeah, she seemed, she was the less manipulative and she seemed the more understanding of the 3. Like yeah. no matter what he did, no matter what he said, she would always find the silver lining in whatever he did. And I think that's why writing-wise and storyline-wise, they have depicted them <clears throat> excuse me as this great, not this great love story, but depicted him as as her being the great love of his life because of what you what you mentioned
0: yeah yeah and it's easy especially when you're when she's taken so early in in that and you're still in in that that feeling of that relationship i mean she's had no chance <laughs> to tarnish that view by just you know whatever things might come up in in, in their lives mm-hmm. it's always going to be held on this really high pedestal
1: absolutely
0: so I feel like the only thing I really regret is that we never really saw much of Griffin after Kiki's funeral we'd see him pop in with some bruises but never really much anything else and then we just see him written out like this I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to do more
1: yeah Let me tell you something about that when it comes to soap operas. So I had a lot of friends that were on soaps over the years. Some of them were on GH. Some of them on One Life to Live. Some of them on All My Children, As the World Turns, Another World. And what generally happens when somebody gets written out like that is they either have another job that they're going to, their contract is up for renewal, and they are no longer interested in portraying that character any longer, or the producers have decided or the writers have decided that they can't quite seem to get a handle for how they want to propel this character forward, so they'll write them off the show.
0: Well, I know that Matt Cohen, when his little farewell (laughs) that he just said that uh, he was feeling comfortable on the show, and when he feels comfortable... That's when he starts feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So he said that he needed to go and shake things up. Mm-hmm. But the door's open for him to come back and, 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 and revisit the show and come back on. Exactly. Nice.
1: Yeah, so some people leave because they want to, and then some people leave due to no fault of their own. So there, there's that. But
0: well, I mean, that's true. It sounds like a great gig, especially for an actor to have steady work on something, to really practice your craft. But it, it also is you know for not fit for everybody to do for a long period of time. Yeah, no.
1: We... Yeah, I... I know people that have been on Broadway for like in the same show for like 20 years, doing them eight shows a week. I'm like, oof. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the makeup in my DNA to do that, to do that routine every day. Now, with a soap opera, the challenge is having to get up so freaking early because they generally have to be on set like at six in the morning. And
0: memorize tons of dialogue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they, sometimes they will shoot, first of all, the way they shoot a soap opera, it's like shooting a whole sitcom in one day. So they shoot 20 to 30 pages sometimes in a day. And with people that play Sonny and Carly and people that are at the forefront of any storyline, they probably have half or three-quarters of that dialogue. That's a lot of dialogue to be mm-hmm. learning overnight. I remember when I was in New York and I worked on Another World, they had a hotline. Was, no, was it Another World? No, it was One Life to Live. They had a hotline that you would call the night before you came into work, that would tell you if a scene had been cut, if your lines had been changed, which lines had been changed so that you could make those adjustments to your script. Because back then, they didn't email scripts or any of that. Like They would have somebody deliver it to your door, and you would have to take a pencil and literally go through the script and make the adjustments and come in and do it. And they also taped the rehearsals a lot of time. So they would come in and the director would say, okay, we're going to rehearse. And they literally would tape the rehearsal. And if the rehearsal was good, then they would just move on because they'd have so much um, material to cover. Well, wow.
0: it's uh, I mean, it, it, it's a great learning ground, and if it, it's a lifestyle that appeals to you, it can be a great place to really enjoy a, a stable career for a long period of time. Well, Tika
1: Sumter was on uh, One Life to Live, and Tika Sumter is now doing feature films. She was in The Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford, cool. and when I talked to her about that, she she was like, you know, I don't understand these people who are like, oh my god, I had three pages to learn. She was like, girl, I was on One Life to Live where I would have like 20 pages in a day. What are you talking about? So yeah, it was It's It's a very. It's a very daunting place to work under that kind of pressure, but it makes you a better actor and it prepares you for in- if you can work on a soap opera or work for Tyler Perry, you can do anything. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> cuz he works the, he works the, he works he works faster than soap opera pace. So if you can do that, you can do anything. But what I wanted to bring up before we run out of time is um, the whole Donna Day situation.
0: Yes, lay it on me, Carl.
1: <sighs> I feel like I'm really—this is one thing I'm getting tired I'm really getting tired of watching Molly and Alexis and Sam try to have this conversation with Christina to help her see the dawn of day, so to speak. Um, it's not going to happen. It's not going to no. happen. But what's even more disconcerting is the fact that every time something goes down with Christina— <laughs> Sam kind of bails whatever they're doing and goes running up in there talking to Shiloh. And I I don't know about you, but I was super, un- when they were having that whole conversation about being uncomfortable, I was uncomfortable. Oh. I was uncomfortable watching that. Because he was all, up like, the end, in- and that's a testament to the two actors playing those parts. Because I was uncomfortable. And the closer he got to her, like, there was that moment where they were sitting on the sofa and he kind of scooted, like, right up in her face. And she got up and took her coat off and scooted right up in his face. I'm like, uh-oh that Was very uncomfortable. That made me uncomfortable. I didn't like that. It's it, it is interesting
0: because I can understand Molly's point of view. Where Christina, if you ever talk to Christina, a lot of her statements will always say, Well, like Shiloh says, just repeating what Shiloh's always exactly. said exactly, but that's having, cultish. That is,
1: like, she's like they said, yeah, it's cultish. Whenever and and it so, this is the thing that made me uncomfortable. So, when Um, Sam and Shiloh are having that conversation and she's asking, you know, how do I give my... He said, well, you have to give full control. And she's like, what does that entail? And he's like, you have to I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he said something to the extent of, you have to relinquish all control and make my thoughts your thoughts. Something yes. along those lines is what he said. I'm paraphrasing. But that but you get the gist of it. And when he said that, then that kind of explained why Christina does what she's doing. Because up until that moment, I was like, is she just repeating that because she thinks that's like a cool thing to do and it's cool to impress Shiloh? But now I know that she's doing it because this is something that he's been teaching at Donna Day. To, you know, get people to do what he wants them to do. And how creepy was it for him to be sitting on the sidelines outside the window when she was talking to Michael? Yeah. That's just creepy. Well, like, you, why are you doing that? Well,
0: it's also Christina. Just like, you know, she, she, you're not going to walk around the block with your brother? You're not? What's the big deal? She had, the well, first
1: of all, she didn't have on no coat. And mm. it's wintertime in yeah. New York. So there's that. Cause she comes outside, and she's like, "This freezing." I'm like, "Okay, so she ain't going off that stoop <laughs> because yeah. it's cold." Like he got on a full on, you know, trench coat, and she's like, "Or not trench coat, but winter coat." And she's like, "Oh, what are you into?" I'm like, "Oh God, girl, please." That's your brother. He's the one person <laughs> that's trying to give you a little bit of leadway, and he, like he
0: it, gave you money. To go do these classes, and
1: I love like first of all, this is what I had a problem. How are you gonna be mad about me being mad about me giving you money and you lying to me about what I gave you money for? That's my hard earned money. If I want to question you about that, I got the ch- I have the opportunity to do that. But like my daddy would say sometimes, once I would give my daddy money, he'd be like, "Well, once you gave it to me, it's mine. You ain't got nothing else to say about what I do with it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "True that. Okay, <laughs> you got a point." <laughs>
0: I- I always get annoyed with Christina. Anytime she comes back to the Donna Day house and Sam's there talking to Shiloh, when Christina walks in, she always comes like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? What
1: are you doing here? Yeah, if I hear her say that one more time. Because she knows what time it is. She knows that she. This is the thing. Shiloh clearly has a pattern. And let's just talk about the fact that nobody that Shiloh is... nobody that Shiloh is attracted to has blonde hair everybody that he's attracted to or that he's trying to indoctrin into Donna Day are always brunettes with brown eyes i like what's going on with that I don't understand I really don't understand so
0: his big thing is that now he really wants to bring Christina into that you know the, the inner circle uh-huh. and I like the way that he had to <laughs> try to justify that because
1: I, I, I give it up for
0: Christina that she has those moments of just like what she's like what the what, yes. what you talking about Willis and it's like <laughs> I wish Christina just followed that a little bit further and you realize you're in way over your head but she never that, does
1: I think that there's gonna, I, that's a good point and I think there's going to come a moment where that does happen and that she does go oh I'm out and he's going to do something to stop her from leaving
0: well because he's got that tape recording of her sharing some secret and it doesn't have to be about her it's about a family member and she shared something yeah, we dropped just, it in that box
1: you know, we just don't know what it is but so, I, I like that she
0: shares the first one and he's like ah, no stop it no this is something you've talked about no I need something
1: like he was, the, the, the he's way- like yeah I need something bigger and I'm like Dude, you said you needed a secret. You didn't put a qualification (laughs) on what kind of secret it was.
0: And if somebody said to you after that, like, no, I need something from you, Carla, that if anybody else, you've never told anybody, and if anybody else found out, it would fundamentally change the way that they think about you. Why would you... No, like if anybody said that, like, no, why, why am I getting, why do you, no, know? why am I
1: telling you this? Look, first of all, it's called a secret for a reason. So there's yeah. that. So I'm going to need him, I'm going to need him to like cool his jets and go sit in the corner somewhere and keep his shirt on. That's what I'm going to need him to do.
0: Because <laughs> I did you not think that that was going to be an issue. Like, it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to be a blackmail issue. Why, at this day and age, I feel like so hard for people to fall for that.
1: Yeah. And then there was this. So then there was that moment where he heard he heard Michael mention the the name Willow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he sh- and then he shows up at that school. I'm like, "Oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> this is not going to be good." And th- and this is another thing. So I'm really glad that they're finally giving her something to do and showing that she got some chops in the acting department because before it was just kind of like, you know, she, one yep. line here, two lines there, and it wasn't really, you weren't really invested in her. But then after I saw that tattoo, I was like, ooh, do tell. What is going on with Miss Willow? And now she's like, I gotta leave town. <laughs> I got a family emergency. She's calling. She's leaving her job. She's trying to get the hell up out of Dodge when Homeboy shows up. I'm like, oh.
0: And after that, I mean, she gets so freaked out, she gets a hold of, uh, yeah, of uh, what's his name? Chase. Chase, yeah, to come over, which is great. And I, I love Chase standing up to him. I thought that was awesome. Like, all right. Chase is not gonna. He's not. He's not snowed. I'm like, okay.
1: Chase got some balls. I'm like, yes. I was like, I was nice to see that because he was giving me light and fluffy for way too long. I'm like, okay. Bye-bye, chase
0: when Shiloh leaves and like does like the hand underneath uh, Willow's chin. Like, oh yeah, here we go. Like,
1: I was like, really? Why? And she looks petrified. But this was the one thing that I was like, they should have cut this line out. There was that moment where he showed up and he says, you're shaking. And she literally was standing still. Yeah. <laughs> I <was laughs> like, um, she's not shaking. Like, he, they could have said your voice is shaking. And she could have done that. But she he was like, you're shaking. Tell me what's wrong. I'm like, dude, she is not shaking. Like, come on. I feel like
0: Chase is the one character that I feel like to me sometimes can go to his intelligence is just so arbitrary in terms of what the writers need for a particular scene for, was it last week when he's asking me, have you seen the mayor? Have you seen the mayor? Have you seen the mayor? <laughs> I'm like, come on, get it together, Chase. To this, where he's like, no, no, wait, child is the, the father of your child, isn't he? And just where you see, yes, Chase is smart, and he puts
1: things together. You do get he's smart, but he's like, he but he can be a little Keystone Coppish smart sometimes. <laughs> yes. It's like, it takes take him a little too long to get with the program. And enough, two other things I want to mention real quick uh, that happened this week is I love the The conversations that happened between Anna and her sister and, and with Finn, all of that. I loved all of that. And I loved how um, when they finally did tell Oscar what was up and he asked for that moment alone with his mom and him and his mom just had that moment for him to tell her before the stuff hits the fan how he really felt about her being his mom. Yeah. Baby, I had to break out the tissues on that one. That wore me out.
0: That was That was a really good scene. I... Did you
1: get emotional, Frank Moran?
0: No, I didn't get emotional, but I... No, I have some thoughts that I'll share with you after the show. Girl, oh, no! About that scene. <laughs> yeah. No! Share yes. oh. sure with the off. Oh, dang. Yes, there you go. I just
1: knew you were going to have something to say about that. No, no, but, uh, but
0: uh, the sort of comments that are probably best reserved for off air. <laughs> All
1: right, then. Now you know the chairman's going to be like, no, no, no. No,
0: nope, because it's not what the show's about. Mm-hmm. What I, what my thoughts were are. <laughs> not so but uh ooh, 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 I, ooh. yes
1: and what about how willow laid into nina she ripped nina a new one i i was like living that for that but i feel like that- and they were in each other's space i'm like yes willow let her have it she had it coming i'm surprised nina didn't smack her though
0: it, it was a great scene but i feel like there's no doubt now that they're gonna set it up that willow is really her daughter Oh, you think? Because you you make these two characters can't stand each other, and then you find out that you're really mother and daughter. Oh, that would be so
1: uh, awkward
0: and Dude, comfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is. It's just like, oh, all right, we we've you know we can't stand each other, and now we're related. Oh, great. Well,
1: what's gonna happen with Sasha though? <laughs> all right, I love. They're trying part. to set Sasha and Michael up, and I'm just like, and then Michael's all like, yeah, my last girlfriend had secrets, and she did this, and <laughs> Sasha's kind of like, yep. um,
0: I gotta go. That's why I have to leave right now. <laughs>
1: So, and then she just bounces and leaves <laughs> and he's like, What the heck? He's like <laughs>
0: So uh, so Michael goes on floating rib with uh with Mike as well as Carly and you know, and they find out that Carly's pregnant and all this stuff and it's all great. But so Michael goes to the bar, so I'll get him some drinks. So then he runs into Sasha as she's leaving. And then says, hey, you know what? Can I buy you a drink as well? So then he's got a drink for her and a drink for him. a little drink. Mm-hmm. But then has left the other drink that's for the table just sitting there, right there on the bar. <laughs> Doesn't even, like, walk over to the table and say, hey, here's your drink. I gotta, I'm got. i going to hang out at the bar for a second and talk to this, talk to Sasha. Doesn't say that. Just leaves the drink there for the longest time. And then finally comes over after Sa- Sasha bails and then gives him the drinks. I'm like, what are you doing, Michael? I cannot. Z- come on, you can't just you leave the rest of your family
1: hostage for. They're thirsty. They want to drink. And you just got to sit up there at the bar. Michael, Michael, Michael. I liked Michael when he was trying to punk nail. I liked him better when he was <laughs> trying to punk nail. Yeah, when he was like, you know, was like, all right, man, Michael's playing some game here. I like it. Yeah, now he's gone back to like punk. Michael It's like, oh, <sighs> come on now.
0: Yeah, and you know, maybe
1: he'll step up with the whole Donna Day thing with Christina. Maybe he'll be the one to step up.
0: You know, I have to, I do like that they're expanding that a little bit and they're getting Molly involved. They're getting Michael involved. I'm all for that. It's because uh, it's like you know, for it to just to be Jason and Sam doing this whole thing. I'm like, okay, whatever. But it's it's nice to them to get some other people involved in
1: this. You know, so I think it was Annie that asked me online on Twitter. She asked me. About Molly. And I said to her online that Molly had a whole storyline in the beginning with TJ. There was a whole thing with her and TJ. Did something else happen with Molly that that I'm not... And I'm sure she had another major storyline, but I don't remember what it is. Do you remember by any chance? I can't really, like... But the whole TJ thing took a really long time. Do you remember that? When she was first starting to date TJ, and yeah. Jordan didn't want her dating him, and Alexis didn't want her date Like, it was a whole thing. Yeah,
0: but I, I, I can't think of really anything that's been like, yeah, this is Molly's story.
1: Okay. Nothing so, that's
0: really triggered me Not to be, And there could be stuff that she's been centered around, especially when she was younger, uh, you know, between Rick and Alexis, and right. maybe more of that. But, yeah. I, I, you know.
1: Okay. I just wanted to make sure, I, yeah. I wanted to address it while we were on the air today, because Annie did ask me that on Twitter, and I just wanted to address that while we were... Yep. On the
0: air, and I mean, I know we're wrapping up, and uh, you know, I probably waited a little too long to say this, but you can never, you know, it's never too late to say thank you to all the no, fans. No, never too never late. Never too late to say nope, thank you to never. all our great fans. Yep, they watch the show and give us the opportunity to do what we love, which is to get together on a Sunday afternoon and talk about General Hospital. Yep. But uh, you know, folks, you've helped to make us the ESPN TV talk, and we just need a little bit more help from you. So we're asking that if you're watching us on YouTube, you hit that like button and subscribe, and if you're on iTunes, you know, give us a five star rating. But wherever you're watching. Uh, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Uh, as I said, being part of After Buzz has meant so much to both of us and to everybody else that works here. So we really giving, appreciate you giving us a chance to do what we love. Uh, so continue to watch our Joes shows. And, and, and our Joes. Watch our Joes. Watch our Joes and our shows. Uh, but thanks for watching. And uh, keep watching. We'll, we'll keep doing more stuff
1: for you. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it. Yes. So Patrick Sia, Dolores Leach, Daisy Flower 40, Rhea True Love Forever, Rena Sheen, um Jazz for 1173. I think a uh, Stuart Pierce. I think I got everybody. Um Hydro Hydro Knight, Tam Smith. Anybody that I missed, please know it's not on purpose. We love y'all. We're so glad that you're in the chat room. We're so glad that you take time on your Sunday night to watch us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you and everything that Frank said.
0: There you go. <laughs> uh so I guess we have a little hot news and goss as we get ready to towards Ooh. wrapping up the show here.
1: Yeah, what's yes. up? Yes. You going to break it down?
0: I'm going to break it down here. So, of course, <laughs> uh, you know we, we've got a pregnancy storyline, uh, perhaps uh, looming, for Franco and Liz. Oh. Yes. Franco so th- and
1: Liz? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Really? mm uh, What do you feel about Liz having f- possibly four kids? That's what I'm saying. She don't need one more child. <laughs> she don't need one more child. She can't handle the three she got. Or the two she got. I'm sorry, the two she got. Well uh I
0: speaking of that I mean what did you think of that conversation between uh yeah Cameron I'm and sorry the three Franco. she got she got three kids yeah. Cameron and Franco You know
1: I have no thoughts
0: I mean it's do you, do you think Liz is making the right choice that the you know she she's bringing like him I don't know home. If, yeah should I should I not
1: Yeah I think she's making the right choice in bringing him home I mean, she was right all along you know and and Cameron was like you know, I, I understand why you did that, and I understand that you love my mom, but who's to say, you know, the next time this happens, look how hard that was on my little brothers. Like, I'm older. I can handle it, but, you know, look what look what it did to them. Like, I, I can understand both sides of the coin, you know?
0: Uh, and also, uh, we've been talking about the Ryan Chamberlain storyline, that Ava, probably more than anybody, has suffered from this latest iteration of mm-hmm. Ryan Chamberlain's visit upon uh Port Charles. And so in an interview with Soap Opera Digest, she insisted that Ava needed to be the one that finally killed Ryan Chamberlain.
1: Oh, uh, nice.
0: If, to quote her, if Ava Jerome doesn't get to kill that guy, I'm going to go to my grave with the biggest regret of my career. There had better be something and it had better be good. I wish that for her.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yes. So I I mean, I guess I don't disagree.
1: No, I don't either.
0: You know?
1: <laughs> I'm like yeah, but I'd hate to see her go to jail for. Murder. you think that she would go to jail for murder or they'd let her out and I think after that she'd probably bounce from Port Charles because there's way too many memories and ghosts there for her.
0: I don't know if anybody would convict her for given the you know the backstory of everything that happened mm-hmm. uh, but i mean i I think if GH is smart, they're gonna frame it in such a way that you know she can well either she either she's doing it in a supposed self-defense or I mean, I guess the jury they could they could arrest her unfor- reluctantly arrest her. And then she goes to trial and the jury, uh, you know, clears her. Okay. That. But then I'll be curious to see what she does after that. I mean, she still I think the thing with Ava is that she still has Avery in Port mm-hmm. Charles. And, and Carly and Sunny are never going to let Avery go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think it's tough to take Ava as a character to write her to the point where she will leave – poor Charles, and not have Avery with her.
1: At some point, they we'll have, both have to go. Maybe they'll age Avery up, because, you know, they know him for doing that. Child, one day you'll watch, they'll be, like, <laughs> a infant, and the next day you watch, they're, like, in high school. It's like, ooh, what happened to Avery?
0: <laughs> That's true. I, and so, so like, well, no, I'm leaving with Mom. Sorry, guys. I'm like, oh, all right. So, <laughs> Uh, There's also a uh, rumor that they're going to be having a a possible engagement soon on the show as well. That could possibly, uh, speculation is possibly, well, no, it could be him, uh, Finn and Anna. Fanna, I guess. Oh. No, you don't like Fanna? No. All right, well, we'll keep, uh, if you have a a great shipping name that you'd like for them, let us know. There you go. No? All right. No. I tried, Carla. I tried. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the uh, GH uh, After Show. Report?
1: Report <laughs> Report after, after, show? after Show. Whichever one it is.
0: The uh, uh, GH Report. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for watching us. We really enjoyed it. As always, thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. You make it so much more fun to do the show. Carla has loved reading your comments.
1: <laughs> I do. I love it all the time. You know that.
0: So, as always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and... If you want to stay in touch with either of us after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you?
1: You guys can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And you can find me right before the GH After Show over at Black Hollywood Live at 5 p.m. for The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata. Check out the latest movies with me. Thank you. Look at that. And follow
0: me on Twitter and Instagram at
1: HappyGoJackie.
0: Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of The GH Report. We'll see you back here next Sunday night for an all-new episode right here on TV.
1: Bye.